0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sailing the East podcast. I'm Bala Musitz.
1: And I'm Mike Wasserman.
0: This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we will focus on passages and destinations. In other episodes, we will talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And when we come across an interesting individual, we'll try to get them to be a guest on the show.
1: Now, what makes this podcast a little bit unusual is that only one of us sails.
0: And that would be me, Bela. I've been sailing for over 30 years, not across oceans, but on lakes and coastal cruising on the east coast of the United States.
1: And I, Mike, know very little about sailing. I don't even know the difference between a rope and a line, quite frankly. So I'll ask most of the questions, and Bela will give most of the answers. Now, speaking of knowing little about sailing, Bela, I know you just replaced the house batteries on the boat. How about you tell me a little bit about that process and give me some insights into the decisions you made and the challenges you faced?
0: Yeah, happy to, Mike. Uh, so, this episode is going to be a little bit more technical uh, than uh, our typical episodes. But if you recall, we purchased uh, Paradox, uh, a Hunter 45 Dexalon, uh, back in uh, the fall of 2020. And when we had the survey done, uh, they indicated that the house batteries. Uh, were, had about fifty percent of their capacity remaining. Uh, so uh, I think we discussed this in an earlier podcast. But uh, there are two sets of batteries on on a, a typical sailboat. Uh, there's house batteries that run everything on the boat, uh, the lights, uh, the navigation equipment, etc., and they run everything except for starting the engine. So there's always a separate en- and separate battery for starting the engine. Uh, And so on Paradox, um, we have two 12-volt, 200-amp-hour house batteries. Uh, And they're what's called flooded lead-acid type of batteries. And just to give you a size of scale, Mike, they they weigh about 100 pounds each. So it's a little bit bigger than your typical car battery. Um, And since they were at uh, 50% capacity, in other words, batteries degrade over time, uh, and even if you go to recharge them, they only will hold so much charge. Uh, and I was finding that if we sailed all day long and we had the autopilot on and the radio and the chart plotter uh, and the batteries by the end of the day were starting to get depleted. And uh, you don't want that to happen uh, because if your battery voltage drops down low, uh, you don't want your chart plotter, which is your piece of navig, that's your GPS on a boat, right, is your chart plotter. Uh, you don't want that to turn off when you're in the, in essence, the middle of Manhattan <laughs> and you're trying to find your way around because uh, you're coming into port and things are busy and there's a channel and you got to figure out where you're going. Uh, so I wanted to replace them.
1: So is this just like changing your Duracells in your flashlight? You simply swap out the old batteries for a fresh set or are there some decisions to make here, Bela?
0: Uh, w- yes, there's clearly some decisions to make. So battery technology uh, has changed uh, quite a bit over the, the last uh, 30 years, as we've all seen in various different gadgets we have. Uh, so flooded wet cell batteries or lead acid batteries uh, is the lowest cost per amp hour. So you get the greatest amount of capacity for the lowest price. Uh, however, one of their big drawbacks is that if you want them to last a long time, you should only discharge them to about 50% capacity. Because if you discharge them down uh, to only 25% capacity, uh, you're gonna significantly reduce the number of charge cycles, the times that you can recharge the batteries before they start to degrade. So even though our batteries have 200 amp hours of capacity each, on a lead-acid battery, you really only have 100 amp-hours of usable capacity. Now, in an emergency, you can draw them down more. But I think as a rule of thumb, you don't want to set this up to, to discharge all the way. And that's one of the big challenges with flooded wet cells or, or lead-acid batteries. The other big challenge with lead-acid batteries is, is that you sort of, you know, they have uh, electrolyte in them. Uh, it's I think it's sulfuric acid and and lead and if I remember my high school chemistry, uh, that's how you get electricity magically, with ions floating around. Uh, but the the water level needs to be topped off, so you have to. There's a little bit of maintenance involved with these lead acid uh, batteries, uh, because when they charge, it tends to uh, accelerate the evaporation of this water.
1: So there, but there are other options besides for, for lead acid.
0: Oh, there sure are, Mike. Uh, you know, <laughs> life is never simple. Uh, there are something called gel batteries, which are fundamentally still lead acid batteries, but th- they're not in, in water. So you, they, they don't have the maintenance problem with them. So most of the sealed batteries uh, you have on a car, et cetera, those tend to be uh, gel-type batteries. Uh, so they have a, require a little less maintenance, but they still have that capacity issue. Even if they're rated at 200 amps, you don't wanna drop them down uh, below 50% charge because it will impact their life. Uh, So some of the the new type of batteries around, just like in our gadgets, are these lithium batteries. There's various different formulations of lithium. Uh, One of the great things about lithium batteries is you can discharge them almost down to zero. So if you have a 200 amp hour lithium battery, you, you have 200 amp hours. Of capacity there, uh, and it doesn't impact their life. So you can discharge them down uh, really low. Uh, And they also can be charged very quickly. So uh, lead-acid batteries, you can only charge them at a certain rate, because if you try to charge them faster, uh, they actually, what's called boil, uh, and and you'll really degrade their performance. But with lithium-ion batteries, you can you can jar- charge them really rapidly. So there's zero lithium-ion is really nice, zero maintenance, uh, a lot of capacity, usable capacity, uh, and they can be charged rapidly. The the big drawback to lithium-ion is a 200 amp-hour lead-acid battery. Uh, so they they'll run about 330 bucks each. A two hundred amp hour lithium ion battery will be over a thousand bucks, and if you go to the top of the line battery, it'll cost you about two thousand dollars. Now it'll last you a long time, right? It'll last you longer. It's easier to re- uh, recharge, a uh, faster recharge, etc. Uh, so it's a it's a complicated equation to figure out what to do.
1: Yeah, four to six x the cost differential. That's a lot. So how do you decide?
0: Well, I think part of it is how you're going to use your boat, right? We don't live on our boat full time. We go for three to five to seven days trips. Uh, we're typically uh, in a marina, at least a few nights, the boat has a generator. Um, so I, I think that set of requirements is different than someone who's living on their boat and they're anchored out 90% of the time. Uh, and they're only going to marina a couple times a month. So you have to, Think about, you know, are you living off the grid? Like a, you know, a full-time sailor is fundamentally who's anchored out. They're living off the grid. They have to figure out how to generate and have lots of electrical capacity. Where coastal cruisers like us, we're not really off the grid, right? We have a generator. uh, And if I need to run my generator for an hour and a half to recharge the batteries because I run out of capacity, I can do that. Uh, The batteries that I had on the boat, um, were lead acid batteries, and they're six years old, <clears throat> and they're down to fifty percent capacity. Uh, and lithium ion, they say, last about ten years. Uh, but I also know ten years from now the technology will change, and there'll be some new formulation of something that'll be that'll be good. And the other challenge is, uh, given the setup on my boat, if I switch to lithium ion batteries. I also need a new battery charger because my, again, lithium ion batteries charge slightly differently than lead acid batteries. Um, So I need to buy a new battery charger and that adds 600 to a thousand bucks uh, to the price tag. So mainly based on how I use the boat uh, and economics, uh, I'm sticking with lead acid batteries. So that's what we decided to do Uh, and and I basically, um, bought two lead-acid batteries that are uh, dro- take the old ones out and replace them with identical uh, new lead-acid batteries.
1: So do you order these online, or do you go to a shop, or how does that work?
0: Uh, you can do either, uh, but I've, I've come to really like a place called Defender Marine uh, in Connecticut. Um, it's a big mail-order place. Um, and, uh, they have, I have found that, that they consistently have very good prices on all sorts of things. <clears throat> and, uh, what's nice about Defender is it's actually sort of on the way, uh, to the Marina for us. So, uh, you know, if I'm buying hundred pound batteries and I'm buying 200, two of them, that's 200 pounds. So that's going to be shipped on a truck. The UPS guy's not bringing that and delivering it. Uh, so the nice thing about, defender is i can stop there on my way to the boat uh and um we just uh, picked them up just like i think back in episode 34 when i talked about the anchor chain um we went there and uh, picked it up as well so um i uh i that that works out well for me and I've i've bought a lot of things from defender and i can highly recommend them
1: Interesting. That's a big load to carry around. Now, you know, neither you or I are are large men, Bela. What about installation? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, just like with the anchor chain, I had the three bucket. I had the three bucket uh, brigade to move things around. Uh, So when I got to Defender, the the folks at Defender helped me uh, load the batteries into the back of my uh, SUV. Um, and then I had to figure out how to get the old batteries off the boat because I have old batteries to get rid of and they weigh a hundred pounds also each, uh, and the new ones on the boat. And, you know, the batteries, uh, reside under the floor in the main cabin of the boat. Uh, so it's a, it's a long lift, uh, to get them off the boat. You got to go up the stairs from the cabin up to the cockpit. Uh, you got to step off the boat, um, onto the dock. Uh, so, um, I came quickly came to the conclusion I wasn't doing this myself. So I actually at the Marina, you know, they have, they have tons of folks working there. And, uh, I gave the Marina a call and, uh, they, they sent two guys over and they lifted the old batteries off the boat and, uh, brought the new batteries down from the car and put them into their places, uh, in, into their spots underneath the cabin sole. And, um, I hooked up all the electrical connections (coughs) Uh, I did, I took care of all that stuff, cleaned all the electrical connections and, uh, did the, uh, hookup. So, uh, pretty easy job. Uh, and actually I think the hardest part was, you know, sort of, <coughs> at least for me going through the process of deciding, am I going to switch to a different type of battery or am I going to stick with the, the lead acid batteries?
1: So that was quite the effort. Um, any other maintenance or modifications to get them connected or was everything in order?
0: No, just uh, cleaned up all the electrical connections uh, to make sure there was a good connection. They're exactly the same size and shape as the old batteries, so they fit right in, strapped them down. And, uh, you know, so now we have a solid 24 hours of power on the boat. Uh, and uh, if they last me six years like the uh, Richard, the other ones did, uh, I think I'll be happy. And it makes, you know, the cost economics uh, equation uh, works out well for me, I think.
1: Well, great. Bela, that was interesting. Uh, a cool look at in-house batteries and the factors that go into decisions about what type to use and how to get a heavy object uh, into your boat. Um, that was a good creative solution that was pretty easy, but I would have really struggled with that one, I think. So cool. I think we should wrap it up. Uh, listeners, thanks once again for uh, joining us on the on the on another episode of the podcast. I hope that you found our conversation interesting and thought-provoking. If you have questions about what we've discussed or suggestions, please uh, feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast, that's all one word, at gmail.com.
0: And if you enjoy the podcast, hit that follow button on your favorite podcasting application. And, you know, we're going to be sailing around. The summer's starting to wrap up. Uh, as we record this, it's August, uh, but we still got a few more months, and we'll be sailing around Narragansett Bay, uh, Long Island Sound, and Buzzards Bay. Uh, Hope to see you out on the water. If you see us, say hi. So until next time, signing off from upstate New York. See you soon.
1: Bela, thanks again. Uh, From over here in Münster, Germany, we'll see you next time.